0: The job, the stress. 10-4 uh, Kilo 23, we are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas, multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics, Politics pressure. Get out here, we got a guy with a long rifle, we don't know where the hell he's at. Fear, Fear, survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor, we believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The Truth Behind the Badge, presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity.
1: Good evening. This is Rich from Team South Florida for episode number 14 of Truth Behind the Badge. I am joined today by Emily Nims. Emily, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me on again.
1: Today's episode is one we've been talking about for the past several months, and this is appropriately titled, The Littlest Sheepdogs. Emily, you came up with that title. Was there any, any reason or anything that jumped out at you for you to come up with that name?
2: These kids are just like Benji in so many ways, and I think that I, I refer to Benji as quite a few things, uh, but one of them is a sheepdog because so that's just who he was through and through. and. Um, I don't mean this in a way where these kids are gonna be law enforcement officers or anything like that but I think that that there's a certain um, type of person who fits just fits that the sheepdog role and I think it's gonna be Eliza and Tommy they just have so many of those characteristics there are many Benji's
1: I love it all right well this episode is dedicated to them this is essentially their episode so being that we're 12 days away from Benji's one-year anniversary of his uh, line-of-duty death. We really wanted to dedicate this episode to them, and you're going to basically walk us through what it's been like for the last 12 months for, for your kids. And I don't know of a more appropriate, more fitting way to start this episode off than to hear Eliza's own words. And I thank you for letting us use this audio clip. So I'm just going to play this real quick.
0: I want everybody to know that my daddy is a police officer and police officers help people. And I want them to know that. And my daddy was a police officer too. He helped people. And not just us helped everybody and my daddy died that's what i wanted to say to them and i want them to know that police officers help
1: people i know god if that doesn't pull at your heartstrings i don't know what does how old was eliza when she came up with that clip
2: she was four um if you remember you know you're the one that helped me out with that one because I always record Eliza randomly talking to Benji at night. And I just, you know, rec- record the little things she says, and I send them out, and uh, that was one of the ones that I sent out to you guys, to a few of few you guys. I think you and Megan were the recipients of that one. Uh, but what was that? That could have been, like, right after December, I think. So, you know, it's four-year-old
1: girl. It's amazing to me that, and I'm not going to get into this stuff, but it's amazing to me that at four years old, if the rest of this country thought like a four-year-old girl, we would be in a much better place. Um, Let me segue though. So after after hearing that, I think it's important to continue on with, with their ages. So tell us how old Eliza was and how old Tommy was when Benji was killed in the line of duty.
2: Liza was four years old when Benji was killed, and Tommy was one when Benji was killed. So,
1: and, and I can't even imagine. But maybe the first month or two, um, what was that like for them? How do you even? I don't even know how to put that into words. What What did they experience? What did you experience through them?
2: Tommy was at such a young age that he kind of just blended right into it in a, in a, in a weird way. You know, he knew that daddy was in all the photos the same way he does today. Uh, other than that though, he, it kind of hurts that he, he didn't have more of an experience from it because he was so young. Um, whereas Eliza, it, it was, she had so many more memories with Benji that it really, I mean, it hit her, it hit her hard. And she, she missed him so much every single day, which is, and she still does, but she's at this point learned to live with it and process it, which we'll get into later. Um, but at that point it was just, like, I, I want my dad. Why can't he be here? Why can't I see him? Um, and this was all part of learning, you know, how to help her grieve and how to help her process it. Because I had faults in doing that myself with her when it first happened. Um, but it, it, their ages played a pivotal role because, you know, I don't want to use this term. People say kids are resilient, right? Kids aren't supposed to be resilient. They're not supposed to go through this shit. Um, but in a, in a weird way, they do find a way to balance themselves out. Um, in very much according to their ages. So
1: it's crazy from some of my contacts with your kids. I feel like Eliza's matured and grown up way too quickly. I feel like she almost takes a motherly role with Tommy. Mm -hmm. And there's been a couple of times where it it crushes me. She, she worries about losing you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she does.
1: So when, when you talk about like mental health and, and grief counseling, these are things that I think. I don't want to speak for the general public, but these are things that I don't know that most people even think about or consider at their age. People think that they're so young and like you said, resilient.
2: How Mm -hmm. much
1: of that played a role with your, your kids?
2: So Tommy has, Tommy's way too young for that, but I do plan on putting him in grief counseling when he's older grief counseling. I put Eliza in at two months, two months after Benji passed. Um, Most kids were starting preschool Eliza was starting grief counseling. And, um, it's been the best decision, the best decision, because she is making strides. Um, I have worked hand in hand with her grief counselor to figure out, okay, this is what I'm telling her. Is this right? Is there a better way that I should be putting this out? Um, this is what we're doing at home. This is what we're doing to keep Angie alive. And I couldn't have done that without her grief counselor. Um and it gave Eliza that time to sit with somebody who was outside of it, somebody who wasn't me, somebody who wasn't uh directly affected by it to sit and um work through play is what they do, which is crazy right so these these little kids are there in a playroom with an adult working through their grief with toys, with sandboxes with crafts that 's how they do it, and it's amazing. it 's amazing i At first, it was just kind of like, I I don't know if this is really going to work out, but we're going to try it because she needs something. And it has been incredible, incredible for her.
1: That's great to hear. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, you talk about Benji being at home and everything. And I think I see the background right now. I've seen the background in different places. And I love that. I think that's very important. Um, Why don't you tell us about Benji being at home uh, as far as maybe what Eliza sees, what Tommy sees?
2: So when we first bought this house, which was in March, -March, mid-March, I wanted to, first off, not allow the kids into this house until it was in a livable condition. I didn't want them to see chaos. I didn't want them to see boxes everywhere because they've suffered enough. They don't need to suffer through the, you know, do I really need five pots and pans that are the same thing? So, um, you know, it was making sure that everything was clear, but I wanted them to feel Benji's presence everywhere they went in this house. And I think that that was accomplished. Um, But there's photos of Benji everywhere. This is uh, the future office for the Benjamin M. Sierra Foundation. So he's obviously here. Um, But you go upstairs and there's photos of us lining the staircase. Um, Each of their rooms have photos of Benji, photos of them together. uh, And it's just so they can connect and create their own memories. And that's exactly what they've done. You know, there's certain photos that Eliza will look at and it'll be us at Lake Michigan. You know, I be like, oh, daddy loved going to the beach with me. Benji hated the beach. Um, but, you know, <laughs> this is something she's created in her mind. And it's a healthy memory that she has created with him. Uh, and, th- and that's what they need. You know, they need opportunities to create those memories because they're so young. They're not going to remember the specifics. But if they're able to, um, you know, create and establish certain memories with their dad, healthy long lasting memories with their dad who they didn't get that long with. I think that's important. Um so you know and then there's the Benji is in this house. So I cremated Benji and we brought him home. I didn't didn't else because I felt he needed to be here with us. So Benji is here. He's in on the mantle in the living room. And ever since the beginning, you know, this is where their ages really come into play again. Eliza never knew that Benji's body was anywhere. She knew Benji's body was hurt and his body was so hurt that he couldn't live anymore. Um, she never knew that he was in the casket. She never knew that he was in the urn. Nothing. Still to this day is not because, because she's old enough to kind of figure things out and know a little bit more. I'm scared to over, um, over inform her on things because how is a four-year-old going to process? You said daddy's in heaven. Daddy's not here how does daddy fit into this tiny box? You know? Right. Absolutely. Um, so for her, she sees that, and I just tell her that's our way of honoring daddy. You know, his flag is there. Daddy got two flags because he's such a hero. Um, so I, I, she knows that that is a place to honor daddy and a place where we can remember daddy. Now you go to Tommy, and because Tommy doesn't have those direct emotions like Eliza did, um i've told him this is daddy this is where daddy is this is your dad you can talk to him you can give him kisses this is daddy forever right here at home with you and he sees that and he'll he'll you know go up to the the urn it's got a little father plaque on there and he'll touch it and say daddy and give it kisses and stuff so their relationship with um uh, Bendy's physical place in this house is very different. And again, it's all based off of their ages and what I feel they're going to be able to process best.
1: Okay. And then if we continue on, so basically the end of July and then you have August and August probably came at the blink of an eye and it's just a whirlwind of emotions and just, just a mess, everything. I can't even imagine the chaos. Yeah. The first, the first big event was probably Benji's birthday the next month in September, right? Yep. How, how difficult was that for the kids? What did you do? Did you keep with traditions? I mean...
2: I actually think that the kids had a, a good time, which is important, um, because I had Benji's best friend, the, the Cosmas, come into town from Michigan. We were with Benji's parents. And right before Benji died, he had dropped this subtle little hint. He He texted me this Godzilla movie case and he said, he sent it to me and he's like, by the way, this is like 60 bucks at Walmart, just, just for my birthday or anniversary, whatever, whatever you want. Um, So I was planning on getting him that anyway, obviously I didn't get the chance, but I ended up buying it for him. I wrapped it up and the kids um, opened it and we suffered through all of the Godzilla (laughs) (laughs) movies. We suffered through all the Godzilla movies, the ones from the 50s, but we made a weekend of it. Uh, We baked him his cake, the same cake that I had made him the year before. It was a chocolate cake with uh, Reese's Cups and peanut butter frosting, and it was this weird off-green color that I did on accident, but I made it to match exactly. Um, So I tried to keep it as symbolic as I could. And... uh, Strike up their memories because Eliza remembered making him that cake the year before too. So that was the first big event. I think the kids did well, and I think it's because we were surrounded with so much love and so many memories of Benji that they were able to. Eliza was especially able to get through that, you know, knowing we're celebrating Daddy and this is stuff that Daddy loved. So
1: yeah, it's nice to bring some positive, Mm -hmm. especially after the the prior two months. So then after September, we go into October of basically what halloween?
2: Halloween. There's two big things in October. So there was Halloween and Eliza's first day of school.
1: Oh, I remember the costumes. You got dressed oh. up too for that.
2: It was horrible. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh <laughs> So Eliza, you know, sh- uh, the sweetest kid ever. Uh she wanted to be Captain America for daddy, but she wanted all of us to be Captain America. Every single one of us. So and I remember this was, that picture. Yeah, and this was—I think she decided this like two weeks before Halloween. Do you know how hard it is and how expensive it is to find an adult Captain America costume? I don't. That goes to Halloween, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's, difficult. it's not easy. I can't. Um, find I do. <laughs> you know, you can borrow mine if you'd like, but it's—it's it's not an easy—not an easy feat. But we made it work, and um, it was freezing cold outside. I think we only did about like a block trick or treating everybody was wearing a coat. Everyone was wearing a coat, except for me, because somebody needed to represent daddy. So here I am freezing my ass off (laughs) in the dead of winter in Indiana, trick-or-treating with these kids. But it was, it was good. They, They were just, Eliza was so happy. She was like, you know, we're, we're daddy. We're daddy this year. So I think that was, that was a lot of fun for them.
1: I love that. And then the other thing, very, very cool. Once again, I was proud of your Indiana law enforcement family. Tell us about school with Eliza. That was October too, right?
2: Yep. So Eliza obviously started school later because I felt that it was more important to make sure she was okay mentally before just throwing her into to schooling, which would be a whole nother, um, you know, array of emotions for her. So she started school a little bit later, uh, obviously, Benji could not be there, so Fishers and Carmel Police Department came out. I think there was about 60 officers there or something like that for her first day of school. Fun fact, they're already talking about doing it again next month, but um, they were there for her first day of school, and we had a picture of Benji there so he could be there with us um, on her first day, and she wore, she wore a... Um, I think she wore a... a th- Tim blue line uh, little bow she had on her Spider-Man shirt underneath, but on top she wanted to wear a shirt for daddy, so she had on her Captain America shirt that she actually wore at his memorial for her first day of school.
1: Um, I remember her giving high fives to all the officers.
2: Yeah, she's giving high fives to everybody. She's a little kick-ass kid. You know, She's she's something else. So that was that was difficult but again you know we were able to incorporate Benji not just that it, it's a support that's helped us out so much you know that first day of school um would have been incredibly difficult for me and Benji's parents alone and it was difficult either way but to have that support there having that support surrounding us all the time makes it a lot lifts up some of that weight for me to to be able to actually uh be more present and Feel more love and, and then, you know, in turn, make sure that the kids are, you know, getting in a good place and, and you know, feeling Benji the way that they should. So uh, very, very blessed. they very fortunate because uh, that could have been a lot harder than it was without them.
1: Yeah. And I know we've, we've spoke about that before. It's almost when, when you have the contact from the other law enforcement officers in the area, it's almost like an indirect way of Benji being there, you know? Yeah. He wore the uniform, he made the ultimate sacrifice, and here you go having uniform support. And it's just, I can't help but to think that it means a lot for the kids too. It's it's symbolic, you know?
2: Yeah, it is.
1: All right, so we moved past October, now we're into November. Um, I can't even imagine between Thanksgiving and the holiday season and everything, but we come into play then.
2: You do. You do come into play in November.
1: Thank you for, for vetting us and trusting us and having confidence in us. I know that that was a, a hesitation of yours.
2: It was, but I <laughs> I think I was very straight with you the first time that we spoke. So I was like, if he can deal with that, then I think we're going to be okay.
1: You always are.
2: Yeah, I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, no, I want to talk about that very briefly. So one of our charitable initiatives is taking children of fallen officers on a holiday shopping spree. Now you threw us for a curveball. We've never had anything like this before, um, and I remember having a couple conversations with you about it. And you were very, very clear. You you said either this is what's happening or it's not happening at all. So mm-hmm. you really wanted to send a message to your kids about giving back. And one of our initiatives, in addition to the the holiday shopping spree, is we'll also do a toy drive. And then we deliver those toys to the American Police Hall of Fame in conjunction with the 9463 Foundation. And they mail out presents to fallen officers' children. So it wasn't enough for you to have Eliza and Tommy be the recipient of presents, which is what we've always done. You actually wanted them to handpick presents knowing they were going to other children in their shoes. Yeah. What was the mindset behind that? I I think that's amazing.
2: The mindset behind it was, you know, and I, I told you this the first time we talked, I remember having this conversation with you. I said, you know, if you would have reached out to me last year, me and Benji last year when he was alive and offered to get our kids presents. At that point, Benji was going to donate plasma every other day on top of working in order to afford presents for our kids because we were not in a good place financially, you know? And now all of a sudden, you know, this year I'm getting offered all this stuff. You know, the kids are getting gifts in the mail left and right. You guys are a blessing and you're offering to do this for our kids. I'm just like, for once, you know, financially it's not a problem to get them what they want, you know? So I felt that it was, Better for the kids to know right now your dad is dead and you are getting given and given and given. But just because daddy died does not mean life is always gonna be easy. Just because daddy died doesn't mean that you are going to have a a, an easier life, a, a better life because he's dead. You still have to work for it and you still have to be kind. And now that he is gone, we are in a position where we can help people, we can make a difference. And that's what we should be doing. And I, I want them to know that because I don't want them to grow up to be these spoiled kids that think life wasn't fair to me when I was a baby. So I get to do and say and act however I want. That's not how life works. You know, I, I'm constantly having this conversation with Eliza. Life isn't fair. It, it's never going to be fair. If it was fair, we would have daddy, but it's not. And life doesn't care about your feelings. Life doesn't care about how it should be, how you feel it should be. We get given what we get given. We choose to react. That's the most important thing is how we choose to react. And I want them to, to know and build at this age to react in a positive, giving, loving, caring way, in a way that can affect change. So what I told Eliza was we honor daddy by helping people and we honor daddy by making a difference. And they went in and I mean, you remember Eliza's face during that thing. She was all about it. So that was the mindset behind it. I'm not trying to raise spoiled kids. I'm trying to raise kids that that can make a difference and can change this world.
1: You no, know, I think you're definitely doing a phenomenal job. And Eliza puts me in my place every time I step out of line. And, uh, <laughs> and Tommy's just growing up too fast. And they're both absolutely hilarious. So uh, needless to say, you're doing a phenomenal job. And we had an absolute amazing, amazing time. I interview... Pretty much all of our volunteers, and every single person, just about every single person, says out of all of our initiatives, that's the one that means the most to them being able to spend time with children of fallen officers, bring some smiles, some laughter. I mean, we, your kids were full of joy. We had so much. All right, so. You transition from that. You have Thanksgiving, you have December, you have the holidays. Um, That was pretty much the first major holiday, right? Thanksgiving and and then December holidays without Benji.
2: Yeah. um, I can't remember too much from Thanksgiving. It was pretty, it was pretty hectic. There was nothing, you know, it's not like a kid's holiday, you know, it's, it's more of a, an adult thing. We ate Eliza and Tommy ate like cornbread, and that was it. I um, think Christmas was then. You know, we always did uh, some Wisconsin traditions. So we always did Saint Nick. Saint Nick comes earlier in December, and he'll come and put <laughs> he'll come and put peanuts in your stocking, and an apple, and an orange, and some like random little toys. This was Benji's tradition that he got me started on. And we always did it for the kids, and Benji always got the peanuts. He always got the chocolate and the oranges. You had to have the oranges and the peanuts. And I remember going crazy. I just looking for peanuts everywhere. For some reason, I couldn't find what I was looking for. I could find cashews and stuff, not peanuts. But um I we we held on to that tradition, Saint Nick. And then Christmas was is our favorite holiday. It was Benji and I's favorite, favorite holiday. And I try, I try to do my best to keep Benji alive as much as I can for these kids. Um, just, just let them know because he loved them so much, so much. And that was something that I always wanted for our kids as a, a dad who loved them. And that was Benji. Um, so I, I always try to do my best to make sure that he, they still feel that love even though he's gone because it's still there. It's still there. And uh, I, I <laughs> bought them a patrol car I bought them a patrol car, working lights and sirens, a dispatcher, the whole nine. I put, you know, one of Benji's stickers on there uh, from shield graphics. And I wrote Benji CCN number on there, our hero, his name, Deputy Benjamin Nims. Um, and then I went all out. I had a friend from Wisconsin who does calligraphy. I said, I need this letter written out. It needs to look like it came straight from fucking heaven. Like I need it to <laughs> I need it to look like it's like the most like a unicorn shit. Like it needs to be perfect. And she went out I, I told her what to write. She wrote it out beautifully, sent me this perfect, perfect letter. I went out and bought feathers from Michael's and a bunch of like fake snow and just and and had to handmade bows. I think you remember that. I was I, do. I was you, like
1: You were going <laughs> crazy. You were knocking yourself out that it has to be Absolutely perfect, and it's from Benji, and you nailed it. I mean, it was it was amazing.
2: I think I went. I, I think I did like 14 bows to get two good ones, but you know we did it. and um uh But between you know me and, and Benji's mom, we set it up, and it was like on a cloud. And these kids came down the next morning, and Dad used up that magic that came from Christmas, just a little bit of it, to to come leave them that letter and that gift and he left them two little Godzillas too because Benji loved Godzilla. So he left them two little Godzillas in the patrol car and everything else. And they were, I mean, Eliza's face, there's a video of her saying, yeah, I love you daddy forever. Or Something like that. And she, they felt Benji's love that day. And that's, that's all that matters is that they felt that.
1: Yeah. I know so. it's, um, it's kind of ingrained in, in both of them, especially Eliza, I see that you, you do things like that and the reaction is daddy remembered, daddy didn't forget, things like that. That's definitely on you. That's It was something important to you, correct?
2: Yeah. Because he wouldn't have forgotten them. You know, Benji wasn't that dad that was ever going to forget or miss a game. He wasn't that dad that was ever going to, to not be there for them. And I'm his partner. It is my job to make sure that, that that continues because that's that is who he was. And my kids deserve that love. They had it. And they they should still be getting it. So I I do try as hard as I can to make sure that they still feel it and know it's coming from daddy. At some point, you know, they're gonna get old enough to realize Daddy's not really doing this stuff. But right now right now You can't say it's that. What
1: happens that. if Eliza's listening to this episode? There's a chance chance she could hear this episode tomorrow. I don't want to.
2: She's not going to hear this episode tomorrow. It's like, all right, Santa's not real. There you go. (laughs) She can't listen to this episode.
1: No, but it's, uh, I I get it. And I think it's critically important and I think it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's very clear. Um, Everybody's on the same page, you and those kids. and there's no way that they're going to forget about their dad. And I, I love how involved you have him still afterwards. I, I remember seeing videos, Eliza and Tommy patrolling the neighborhood. You know, she uses the radio and didn't she say like an ETA or something on one of the videos.
2: Yeah. My ETA is 1030 and she somehow <laughs> missed a, a gear in an automatic patrol car. I don't know I <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah and then watching her learn how to drive. And she got a, she got a little bit better. Yeah. Female I won't make any female driver comments or anything yeah. like that.
2: That's probably wise. That's probably wise.
1: All right. And <laughs> then so December, uh the new year, January um I don't know if anything was January but I know February was very important as well with Valentine's Day. That was amazing. Oh my god, that video of her going What'd she do? She went to a car and then all the flowers.
2: Mm-hmm. Walk so me through I, that. huh?
1: I said, so walk me through that. I remember that video.
2: Um, she was at school and she had grief counseling. It's her. She has grief counseling every Friday. So I had to go pick her up from school and I was like, yeah, it's Valentine's day. Daddy's girl. Like all these other dads are probably getting their girl stuff. Benji wouldn't forget her. So I order a a bouquet of flowers and they had to be tied with the blue ribbon. They had to be, you know, blue and orange, her favorite colors. And um, I went to pick up the flowers and went to pick her up. I placed the flowers right next to her door. And I walked in like nothing, just picking up for grief counseling. We got to go. We got to rush. We got to get to Miss Marissa. And she runs out. She's like, she like stops. What is that? and then I all I said was like where do you think those come from she's like daddy daddy didn't forget me daddy sent me flowers I was like you're goddamn right he didn't forget you (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah I mean that that was Valentine's Day was a a good little just reminder you know like you you're still daddy's girl you're always gonna be daddy's girl Tommy got chocolate too like we don't forget about Tommy we don't forget about him. He gets
1: and Tommy stuff from
2: too.
0: And
2: Tommy, too. Eliza usually gets like the big bouquets of flowers and stuff. Tommy always gets stuff too, but it's just not as, you know, That's <laughs> impressive, I guess. And his reaction, he doesn't know. So his reactions are never really that spectacular.
1: <laughs> I don't know. He he doesn't seem to be too disappointed when he gets chocolate or donuts or, or food. Not at or all.
2: No, any kind of food. He's happy. Yeah.
1: All right. So, Wow, we covered, we covered quite a bit. We covered um, basically from July through February. Tell us uh, birthdays and, and then take us to the present.
2: Well, February we had Eliza's and Tommy's birthday because she's the 23rd and he's the 25th. Uh, wanted to make it special for them. So, you know, it's winter in Indiana. You can't do anything outside. You can't, you know, have too, too much fun. So I was like, we're going to go all out we're going to go all out for this birthday. Um, So I had face painters and a balloon artist here. And then I had arranged for Anna and Elsa to come, but I let them know this is, you know, a very special birthday party. I'm going to have flowers for Eliza. You remember the mess with those flowers. Do you not? I do. How upset I was. It was horrible. Um, So, we had flowers for Eliza, um, two thin blue line wrap presents for Eliza and Tommy from Benji, and Anna and Elsa, who Daddy sent. Daddy let them know that they had very special birthdays and he missed them, and he wanted them to surprise the kids with presents from him and a visit from Anna and Elsa. So, that went down without a hitch. I mean, they walked in, and those princesses were on point. They did not cry. Nothing. They, they they did exactly what they needed to do. They read the letter that I had written um, from Benji to Eliza and Tommy and helped open up the presents. They were just completely in it. And those kids were just so happy. Holy crap, Anna and Elsa here. Oh, my gosh. Daddy sent Anna and Elsa. Um, so that their birthdays, their birthdays were really good. It was a good birthday party. Uh, and they had a lot of a lot of happy memories that day. A lot of, lot of happy memories and a lot of Benji was felt in that day. So yeah, that was good. And after that, I mean, now we got COVID, you know what I mean? I do know. Yeah, I do know. After that, everything starts going downhill real fast. Um, But no, I mean, we just, we do our best to, we do our best to keep him alive every day. You know, we talk about him all the time. Every single night, we still talk to him. Eliza and Tommy will talk to him differently. So Tommy, it's almost like a, almost like a prayer. Not really, but in a way the repetitiveness of it. Um, it's we say it in English and then we say it in Spanish and it's just, I love you daddy. I miss you daddy. You know, good night, daddy. gives kisses to daddy. Um, and you know, he has little pictures of Benji. So we'll point to the photos and he'll say, Oh, this is daddy and Tommy playing basketball. And that's, that's daddy right there. And, uh, so we, Talk to him every night, and then Eliza will forever do her nightly. You know, I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my daddy will be. Among other things, you know, she'll talk to him randomly about her day and fill him in. Let him know that you know we love him and we miss him. And randomly, I mean, it's the most amazing thing. They they will both randomly bring him up. Tommy sometimes in a, in a sadder way. If I'm being honest, he'll be like, "Daddy died. I miss Daddy." Like um, just
1: throughout the day?
2: Yeah. And I'm guessing he picks a lot of that up from Eliza and stuff. Um, but he'll, he'll say random things like that. Eliza will, you know, she'll work through conversations with, with Benji or she'll be like, oh, this song came on. Mommy likes this song. Mommy, daddy had me put the song on for you. You know, so she, she randomly will just um, incorporate him throughout the day in, in little things that we're doing. We'll be at the store and she'll find a way to incorporate him. And I love that because we're, we are keeping him alive daily and not in a forced way. He just, he just happens. He just comes up. Um, I think that's the most important thing. And again, that's, that's what their age is. You know, Tommy, I'm hoping that as he gets older right now, he just kind of associates things with Benji. So he will look at photos, look at other police officers, patrol cars, and all of that associates with Benji. Um, and he kind of creates his own memories from the photos that he sees mostly daddy and Tommy play basketball and Eliza. She has so many more memories with him that she can, she'll say things randomly that it. she knows her dad. She will say the worst fart jokes ever <laughs> and something that Benji would have truly found hilarious. And you know, it's, that's, that's, her and daddy, you know, they, they have that really ship and it's still very strong, still very present. Um, they're, I think that as they get older though, that's something that's always going to be there. You know, it's not, we're approaching this year and they have made amazing strides. Eliza's, uh, Eliza's therapist is even thinking about taking her down to twice a month and then once a month because she is doing so well. Um, she's very open. She's very communicative. Uh, she communicates very well with me, and things seem to not be affecting her as as much. She's been able to work through play and everything in the way that at first there was always the daddy who was a protector, and the daddy always got hurt. Um, and then suddenly one day the therapist like, "I just want to talk to you." We we hit a we hit like a, a mile mark. It's like, "What happened?" She's like, "The daddy died." Hmm. She and I started crying. She's like, "No, that's a good thing." She's like, she's daddy was uh hurt by a criminal and daddy died. And the daughter saw it in in the in the play, and I was like, This is this is horrible. How are you telling me this is a good thing? My kid's playing out her dad's death. How are you telling me this? But she's like, No, she's processing it. She's processing it. And now she's gotten to the point where it's it's it no longer revolves around Benji. She's able to talk about him, but still play like a regular kid in a way. It's just, so, it's just heart
1: wrenching because people their age shouldn't be digesting this, you know, yeah. it's, that's, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. It's just, it's frustrating. No, I agree. But I'm, um, I'm happy that they're both doing as well as they can. I think the grief counseling was absolutely vital. I think it was a blessing. Um, that you probably got the right counselor. You probably got the right therapist because there's a dime a dozen and some are better than others. Um, now, with that said, <clears throat> I don't know if you're, excuse me, I don't know your plans as far as all these different events and vigils and memorials and, and all that stuff. Were you planning on bringing the children to some of these, these events? Yeah. So did you kind of already plant the seed that they were going to go to these things and then have to tell them that they weren't, or they, they weren't in the know.
2: They they weren't really in the know. Um, Luckily, just because you, I mean, you're a parent, you know how it is. You tell these kids something, they think it means it's tomorrow. And (laughs) then you get the never ending questions of, Hey, is it that day yet? No, it's, it's like three months from now. And then you hear that every single day for three months. No, thank you. (laughs) Well, it was good um, that
1: you didn't tell them then.
2: No, yeah, no, it's good. Eliza knows that when we go to these events, we're there to honor daddy, and she loves it. She's all about it. Uh, Tommy, you know, he just goes to go um, and see the cops and, and be there. But even uh, police week, you know, we were at Fisher's for police week, and Eliza knew like we were we're going to go honor daddy. You know, we're going to go honor all the officers who lost their lives, and we're going to, to sit down and, and see them call daddy's name and honor his name. And she kind of i i you saw that video she was reading um from the what was it the, In terms the of
1: police survivors
2: no she was she was reading from they they put up the the heroes like saving a a chair saving a place oh, for the saving
1: a hero's place
2: yeah it was the, they 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 like she read something with them and rung a bell for benji and she was mm-hmm. you know she she was part of it, and she loves mm-hmm. being part of that stuff for him. Uh, It makes
1: her feel good. Well, I love that. I love that Fisher's had you over there for police week. I mean, uh, a lot of people from our group, we, looking back on it, we, we probably should have just gotten all together because I was talking to so many people from our own group that (laughs) we're all sitting at home watching the vigil Mm -hmm. on a laptop or on our phones or on TV. I mean, we, we really could have just done it together, but I thought about you guys And I was so happy to see. So, Fishers actually set up a whole thing for you guys.
2: They did. They set up a whole thing for us. They um, bought us a cake. Well, bought the kids a cake. A whole cake. (laughs) Um, They bought us a cake. They uh, ordered us food. They had the table set up for Benji. They had flowers for Eliza, flowers for me, a plaque for me. Um, Amazing. Yeah, they had balloons that we rode on and sent up to, to Benji. I mean, they had everything set up for us, everything. We, we showed up and that was it. They took care of everything else like they always do. And how did the, and, kids,
1: how did the kids feel uh, afterwards when you got your alone time with them? Did they reflect on it?
2: Eliza did. Tommy's still so young that he doesn't really um, reflect on much. I'm hoping that that'll change as he gets older. I think it will because he's around it so much. Um, and he he enjoys it while he's doing it, but at the end of the day, you know, he's two, so it's it's fun. It's fun if it's not fun, it's not fun. Um, with Eliza, she was like, we, you know, we saw Daddy on the screen. Daddy was on the screen. Um, we sent, you know, do you think Daddy liked what I drew him? Because she, I mean, she drew on every single side of that balloon. <laughs> and she's like, do you think Daddy liked what I drew him? And she's just like, I sent something up. We all sent something up for Daddy, and that really hit her you know in, in a very positive way um creating those memories being able to do stuff like that for benji sure. so very very blessed i fortunate right.
1: so that takes us to basically about may mm-hmm. um, a lot of events this corona thing has just been a mess but hopefully we can uh still have some of these events at some point now you have father's day in June, and then, uh, now we're in July. Anything that comes to mind?
2: For Father's Day, it was a hard one. Um, the kids didn't do too much for him. They got him cards, you know, and uh, we went and hung out with Benji's dad for a little bit, and it was a difficult one. And I, all I could think of was what what would Benji want. And it, I'm not going to, like, get the kids candy from him. They they don't get candy just to get candy. So um, all I could think of was Benji loves cigars. Well, God damn it, I'm going to smoke one of these cigars. And uh, so I did that for Benji, the kids for Father's Day. You know, they knew it was Father's Day. Eliza repeatedly told Benji happy Father's Day that day. Uh, but they didn't really do too much for him because, you know, what are they going to get him that, Get daddy that was actually going to get used. Um, so instead, you know, got a cigar for him, smoked it, drank some bourbon. I'm sure he was happy.
1: So I, was, I mean, I'm happy that was you doing that and not Eliza smoking the cigar and drinking the bourbon. So. Yeah,
2: I think that'd be <laughs> that'd be frowned upon. But <laughs> let's not put ideas in people's heads, okay? I know. I, I don't give my you. kids bourbon. That's for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So now we come to the present. And I can't believe we got through all that that quickly. I I know that we are absolutely missing stuff. Um, Do- Uh,
2: Stand by. Stand by. We're missing stuff. Somebody told me, I'm not going to call out any names, but somebody was like, I'm going to keep you on a time limit per month. Yeah. I'm
1: I'm watching your clock right now. (laughs) Um, We've got about seven minutes. That's, I'm watching your clock.
2: Oh shit!
1: Okay, <laughs> let's wrap oh, it up. Let's see. And, and you took the train of thought away from me too. I was going to. I'm say so something. sorry. Oh, so do the. Sometime in the mix of all of this chaos and craziness, and you being a mom on top of everything else, you managed to create a foundation in Benji's name. Obviously, Tommy's young. Does Eliza know a little bit about the foundation? Have you shared anything with her? Does, does she know what's going on?
2: Fuck yeah, she's the future president. <laughs> that, that clip, I'm serious. I'm serious, she'll say it. She's like, that's my foundation, I'm the future president. That clip that you know, you played at the beginning. It actually yeah. originated because we were talking about creating this. We were talking about working towards this because I put them to sleep and what do I do? I mean, you know put them to sleep and I start working on stuff. Right. All
1: right. You don't so, stop. Uh, I know.
2: So she, uh, yeah, you'd get the phone calls at like one in the morning. Hey, this, this doesn't make any sense. here? <laughs> um, but you know, she, she was a part of all of that. You know, she saw it and she was like, that's what she said. Cause you know, we've always talked about what the foundation is what we hope to accomplish, what we're looking to do and change and create. Um, and it's all for Benji. It's to keep his memory alive. And she loves it. Cause she's like, this is, it's going to be mine someday. She's like I'm going to be the president. I'm I'm going to be the president of this foundation, but that clip was actually her talking about what she wants people to know because as you know, one of my future goals down the line for this foundation is to go to inner city schools to talk about law enforcement and try to bridge that gap. So this is what she wants people to know. This is what she wants people to understand, which I mean, hell is pretty fucking fitting right now, right?
1: <laughs> no, it so, absolutely is. And like I said with her age, it's crazy to me that when she was four, if only people gave her a microphone and put her on some national news network, it's, it's amazing where she and, is and her mindset is compared to the rest, but neither And I
2: don't, I don't want to like go down this road too, too much, but you know, I've had Eliza starting school here soon, August 3rd. Um, and I don't, how everything is right now, I'm very, I communicate well with Eliza, we talk about everything. Um, And I wanted her to know because she is so open about Benji. She talks about him all the time. And it's always like, my daddy's a hero. My daddy's dead. My daddy was a police officer. Unfortunately, at this point where we are right now, we don't know what other kids are being told. I don't know what to expect. And I'm not going to tell her, hey, don't talk about daddy. That, That completely defeats everything we've done this last year. You know, so keep talking about daddy. That's fine. But you need to understand she knows what happened in Minneapolis. I told her. You know, she, does, she hasn't seen the images or anything like that, but she knows some officers did things that they shouldn't have done. They did bad things. There are bad cops just like there are bad people. Um, and I told her that this is where if she tells somebody next year or, in, you know, next month that daddy's a police officer and they look at her and they say, daddy, your dad's a murderer, or your dad's a killer, or cops are bad.
1: I'm telling she, you right now, if something like that happens, you're going to have... You're going to have half of Team South Florida, if not all you know, of South Florida, trying to come over on a plane to Indiana to have a conversation to bridge the gap.
2: Yeah, well, let me just, it, it is something that, you know, we are going to, she's going to have to to work through and live with. And, and this is an opportunity to to unite people. And right. I told her, you know, you need to understand where they're coming from. Or, do we agree with them? No. You know, do people have a right to be mad about what happened in Minneapolis? Yeah. But as a, as a person, as a, as a child to, to daddy, you know who your dad is. You don't let what other people say about daddy affect you because you know who he was. And that's something I told him, like, if you defend your dad, you're not going to get in trouble with me. You know, whatever the school says, if if you're defending your dad and someone doesn't like what you said, you know, I'm not going to say anything to her. But this is an opportunity to talk to kids and understand, you know, this is why they're saying it. It's not because every cop is bad. It's not because it's a blanket, a blanket thing. Um, but that's just where we are in the world right now. So you need to, to well, what's, understand. That and-
1: what's amazing is if you foster that mentality with her and that mentality amongst our youth continues, yeah. that's how change happens from open exactly. dialogue and open communication. As adults, that has not been happening as much. But this is where things need to change. And if if kids are able to do it, and then that's how they live their lives and then their children do it. I mean, we, we really could fix things that we way. We could,
2: and that's that's why it's like, you know, if someone says something to Eliza, is it gonna hurt me? Is it gonna upset me? Yeah. But there's that misinformation everywhere, you know? And unfortunately she is gonna have to live with it for the rest of her life. Tommy's gonna have to live with it for the rest of his life, and they need to I'm not going to be like, no, I'll say like, fuck you. My dad's no, this is, we want to create change. This is what we're doing. This is why we have this foundation. This is why we work so hard. This is, you know, why we know who daddy was and we fight for who daddy was. It's our opportunity to create change. It's our opportunity to to help people see things differently and listen, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't listen, whether you like it or not. I listen to podcasts and stuff all the time for people I don't agree with. And if I don't agree with it and I find myself getting and getting itchy up here. And I was like, like, you're wrong. I'll take a break, go back and listen to it again until I can get their points. And, and you know, do I agree with anything that they said? can can we come to some sort of understanding on, on either party? Um, but that's the important thing. That's what I want my kids to know, you know? So yeah, you have to have those difficult conversations. Parenting is fucking hard. It really All right. is.
1: All right. We're coming up on time. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three things.
2: All right, do it.
1: First off, Without mentioning last names, is there anything you want to say to your board on, on the Benjamin Nims Hero Foundation?
2: No last names on them. First names? No, whatever. They know who they are. There's two, there's two people. They know who No, they first,
1: are. first names are fine. I just don't want to put the last names out there. It's not necessary.
2: All right. Uh, Megan, I mean, you have been there since the beginning of this, uh, literally from the very beginning, setting up the the GoFundMe and everything and... I could not have done this without you just completely backing me on everything. Telling me when I need to take a break, which I don't listen to. No, but you don't
1: listen to that advice.
2: <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Uh, Tell me I need to take a break and, and me not listening, but you're always there, you know, and uh, always forever helpful. And I appreciate you so much. Jose, I mean, shit. You, you take up the posting on Facebook. You're a saint. You know, you're always sending pictures of the scene before you're even part of this foundation. So I'm so grateful, so grateful uh, for the backing. I mean, two, two great people, two great friends that I am just so incredibly blessed with and I couldn't be doing this without. So very, very, very grateful.
1: Okay. Any plans for 12 days from now, the one-year anniversary? And it's okay if you don't want to say anything right now. I get it
2: still working on it um obviously the hope was to go to florida uh but covid the the spike and i just can't risk the kids i'm dying to go back to benji's scene but i can't i can't take that risk because if the kids don't get sick well i probably will so just can't unfortunately can't take that risk still working on it though probably will do something here hopefully uh at the house with benji which is also very fitting because he's here so
1: right Anything that you want to say that we might have left out? How are the kids today? Where do you see the kids? Um, just, just anything. This is like your, your free open mic, if you will.
2: My free mic for like a minute, right? Before you okay. cut off?
1: 90 seconds.
2: 90 seconds, all right. Put the pressure on you there. Um, Eliza and Tommy are, I'm not going to use the, the word resilient, uh, but they are Benji's kids. They are his little sheepdogs, and they are empathetic and kind and so strong so strong and they have a passion eliza especially you know she has this passion for doing good and and being good A little asshole sometimes but (laughs) you know they are benji's kids and and that's something that i i think says a lot you know he he got those kids for four years in one year and he left such an impact on them that in Tommy, you can see it in his personality. Sometimes he's such a goof, such a goof, just like Benji. Uh, in Eliza, it's her strength, her determination, her empathy, um, her silly dad jokes that she has at four years old, and she is so strong willed that it. She just she screams Benji all day, all day, you know. So I. It's always going to be a struggle and this is something that they are going to live with and um, different challenges are going to come up at different stages of their life. Unfortunately, you know, daddy daughter dances, uh, her first boyfriend, uh, her wedding, Tommy's, you know, whatever sports he gets into, Eliza sports. These are all things that are going to arise and it's going to be a new challenge. Um, But I think that if you, if you are, if anybody ever gets into this situation and they listen to this, You have to do what you feel is best. Your kids are going to struggle. It is not a fair life. It is not a fair world out there. Even on your hardest days for you and your kids, even when your kids are breaking apart and they just want their parent, they're going to be okay. And they're going to move forward. And it's on us as the surviving uh, partners to, to continue that on. So just know if anybody ever gets put into the situation or or you're not in the situation and you have a kid who is struggling and is going through their own grief for whatever reason, we just got to keep on pushing forward. That's all we can do. And those kids, you give them the love at the end of the day, the love, you give them that love and it's going to come through. They're going to be all right.
1: Well, well said. And I know that this was a tough episode. And I just want to thank you again for coming on here. And I will tell you, I don't say these words lightly, but personally speaking, when things get tough and the thought is very easy to say, you know what, we've had enough, it's not worth it. Situations like your kids come up and that's our motivation. That's our inspiration. When we can see the impact that we have on those kids, it just... So I think we have to absolutely thank you. And in turn all the stuff that we do I hope you realize that it would be a lot easier for us to just wrap this up and say all right we had a good run for a couple of years and we're done. But because of you allowing us to have an impact on their lives on your life
2: it
1: it pushes us forward to do more.
2: You need to calm down with that because I'm part of your team now too. If you think I'm just going to let you wrap this show up
1: no way we're we're very happy to have you as our uh, family liaison and you of all people know there are certain things that you can't tell somebody you understand unless you've been in their shoes so we're we're lucky to have you fulfill that role all right so with our tradition i'm gonna wrap it up as our normal tradition because we mean it when we say we will never forget and then I'm going to let Eliza close out this episode with the the audio.
2: Same one? Okay. (laughs) She's going
1: to start the episode and she's going to finish the episode. Okay. All right. Thank you very much again for joining us and for this episode. Well, thank you. All right. So it is July 9th, 2020. And we're going to go back to July 9th, 1949. Tampa, Florida, police patrolman Morris Lopez was shot and killed. In 1949, on this day, by unknown suspects in Ybor City while on foot patrol. A vehicle suddenly stopped and a shot rang out. Sadly, Patrolman Lopez was shot in the chest. He succumbed to his injuries. Unfortunately, no suspects were ever identified, and even today, the case is still open. Patrolman Morris Lopez, may you rest easy. May your family know that your sacrifice is never forgotten. I'm going to take it over to Eliza to close out this episode.
0: I want everybody to know that my daddy is a police officer. And police officers help people. And I want them to know that. And my daddy was a police officer too. He helped people. And not just us. Helped everybody. And my daddy died. That's what I wanted to say to them. And I want them to know that police officers help people. I know,